serving justice to a man who stole your vibranium and murdered your people. Justice your king couldn't deliver. I don't care that you brought Claw. Only reason I don't kill you where you stand is because I know who you are. out there in the cbc universe welcome to another episode of comic book characters i'm your friendly neighborhood podcaster alfred and as always i've got my gracious co-host chris the uncontested creator gossidus oh what's up how are you doing oh wow it started man oh god are we getting down (laughs) with the sickness it's about that time i mean people are dying from the flu right now that might be a little (laughs) insensitive uh wow what a way to start uh, we've got so many things to cover. This, before we get to anything else, let everyone know, this is going to be our Black Panther episode. We're going to we'll do a review. It's going to be spoiler heavy. So if you haven't seen the movie, make sure you see it before you listen any further to the podcast. And uh, make sure to you know enjoy the film, come back to it, and we'll, you know, we'll meet up with you as soon as you hit play. Uh, we have a bunch of other things to cover. We've got some Obi-Wan news. we got Lobo, Michael Bay news. That doesn't look great. Uh, Star Wars. We've got uh, Game of Thrones and Star Wars. We've got Stan Lee. Still alive, guys. Uh, Marvel vs. Capcom <laughs> Infinite takes another beating. And in this particular episode, we have a special guest, Richard Evans, uh, one half of the band Rivers Want. If you... If, you, if that name sounds familiar, we've, we've propped them up a few times here. They do our intro and outro music. And Richard is a huge Venom fan, so we were uh, happy and lucky enough to have him on to give his thoughts on the Venom trailer that just got released. That'll be on the back end of this podcast. Uh, but Chris, before we yes, get into sir. all of that, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, I just came back from Wakanda. Uh, my passport got that stamp on it. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I'm doing. I'm doing fantastic. It's a. It's a beautiful place, Wakanda. They say that it has the most beautiful sunsets in the world. Mm. Not incorrect. So checks out. Not alternative news. Not fake news. Is that from the Yelp review from Luke Skywalker? Hashtag Wakanda forever. You know, maybe that's where he was. What if? <laughs> oh, jeez. What if? Somebody, Same universe. What if somebody gets the idea? Because Disney owns Star Wars and Marvel. What if they decide somewhere along the way that somehow that sunset is connected? Hmm? Hmm? Anyone grabbing that? Nobody grabbing that? That's cool. That's fine. Um, <laughs> They're making a rainbow connection, man. It's all right. Speaking of Star Wars, uh, we did have uh, some news here. It looks like there is an Obi-Wan movie in pre-production with... Uh, the guy, uh, Ewan McGregor, right? That's his name. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. along real nice here today, guys. Um, I, you know what it is, is I had some of that, um, that, that heart fruit flower thing, you know, oh. that they gave to Chala, and it is just messing me up, man. I was, I was in an ancestral plane for a second. Yeah, I gotta take a dirt nap. Saw dudes looking like panthers. You know, I was back in not cool. (laughs) I was in '92 Oakland, not a safe place to be, (laughs) not a safe place. Um, 
<clears throat> poetic justice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. It's uh, you know, it's it's all sorts of uh, uh. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just I'm trying to think of it. Trying to grab a. Uh, uh. Nope. Got nothing. Wow. <laughs> I was oh, trying to no. I was trying to grab a John Singleton movie like um, Boys in the Hood. <laughs> god, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me right now? Okay. Yeah, you uh, turn into some sort of menace to society. There you go. That's the one I was looking for. Um, anyway, uh, Obi-Wan, this is like the ninth time I think we've talked about this. It yeah. seems like <laughs> it is an elusive, slippery eel. Yeah, in, in each time, story. like each time less credible than the, than the previous one. Right. But it looks like we are as close as we've ever been <laughs> to an Obi-Wan movie being in, in production. Um, Looks like, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I still haven't seen any confirmed Ewan McGregor has signed a contract, but everything points to it being a thing, and so yeah, that's it, that's all I've got to say about it. We're just one step closer to the edge, (laughs) we're we're about about to break, break. yeah. (laughs) Uh, Chris, for the ninth time, how do you feel about an Obi-Wan movie coming to fruition? (laughs) Also, on the heels of us seeing that solo trailer, yeah, Are yeah, no, um, still on this board. This seems like the, the what's, what's that? Are you still on board? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This seems like the most uh, kind of lock kind of proposition they can do, uh, like with these uh, solo movies, uh, the standalone movies, whatever. Um, yeah, th- this is really interesting. You uh, McGregor, th- this is like the best thing of the prequels. Um, his take mm-hmm. is Obi Wan. So if any, yeah, please just confirm something like uh, concretely, because I think this latest story is that George Lucas was seen in uh, wandering around Ireland, having a having a vacation in Ireland last December. So <laughs> so everybody's just their imagination has gone wild, kind of thinking, uh, oh, they're using this for he's scouting for locations, even though he has, he has nothing to do with the pre-production anymore. Um, so yeah, it, I, I think the the, the pre. Uh, other news was that uh, Hugh McGregor had a beard for the Golden Globes. So, <laughs> oh wow, uh, yeah, <laughs> people just uh, we want this movie, and I think it's a it's a safe bet on Disney's part, on Star Wars's part. So, yeah, uh, hopefully we get some some confirmation soon. I I agree, uh, especially since you know a big a big bugaboo about the solo film is that they've got um, Alden I I know I don't know how do you say it? Whoa, today. Not good with words, my brain. Uh, Alden Einerreich? Oh, jeez. Whatever that... You know uh, what I'm talking about. The guy that's solo in Han Solo. Alden, Alden Third Reich. Nope. Pretty sure that's not it. But close enough. Alan Alda? No. 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 That, no. Uh, <laughs> ich bin ein Berliner. No. No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but like, with, with the whole, like, that's not our Han, that's not Harrison Ford, clearly oh, not... Yeah. You don't run into that problem with a with a with an Obi Wan film if you do in fact cast Ewan McGregor, which of course they should, because yeah. um, it's the same, literally the same actor. You're not going to run into that problem. I really do hope that they push forward with this, but we'll see. All right, I'm going to ask you two questions. Be very okay. honest. <clears throat> How do you feel about Lobo? Hmm. Uh, I know him a lot from the animated series, from yeah. the Justice League Unlimited. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I know him the best. I, I like him as a character. I think he's great. The whole 
he's a, he's kind of a badass. He's a yeah. bounty hunter, man. Baddest man in the universe. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's most people's opinion of Lobo, I, I think. Uh, second question: How do you feel about Michael Bay playing with Lobo? Oh, like like with the action figure? Oh, that's cool. I mean, Michael Bay's always been like a big fan of like all these kind of nerd properties. Uh, like. So if he bought like an action figure and start playing with him, that's that's you know that's on him, man. That's yeah. that's his life. Yeah, what do, he's living his best life if he does like, that. <laughs> what about him uh, in control of the creative future of a cinematic Lobo representation? Wait, what? Oh no! <laughs> oh, that's what? No, 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 no. No. Good God! Uh, hard pass. <laughs> There's no Transformers in Lobo. <laughs> Okay, quick side note. So they just uh, confirmed that Bumblebee is going to... The standalone Bumblebee film that's coming out is going to be the last film in the Transformers Bayverse. Uh, God damn. Thank fuck. But then, but then they're rebooting it. And, <laughs> and, and they're going to... Apparently the next Transformers film that's going to start the new uh, reboot is supposed to be in like 2021. So just throwing that out there. Uh, but at least Michael we Bay won't be involved. We were just phase one? <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. Uh, all right. But so there's news that Michael Bay is uh, pitching a tent for Lobo. He wants to do a Lobo film. God knows why. I don't know how he even knows about Lobo, to be honest. Um, I. It's a hard pass for me as well. I don't even know what to say. I the when Michael Bay gets near any of these uh, properties that are that are popular in nerd culture and in fandom culture, comic book, toys, otherwise, it just it makes my heart weep. Okay, <laughs> I cry on the inside, I cry on the outside. I don't want it to happen anymore. It keeps happening. It won't stop happening. Apparently, uh, I my only my only so, the only solace I take in it is that. Well, if he's busy directing Lobo, then he can't touch Spider-Man, and that's a very selfish thing. But that's the like that's the most I can take from it at this point. I hmm. I don't know how the. I mean, I guess the guy makes money, but like, I just don't. I don't see it. He's a he's a safe investment for some sort of uh, company that whoever is uh, putting out the Transformers movies. I don't even know right now. Uh, is it 20th Century Fox? Is that? I think it's Paramount. I have no idea. It's Paramount. Paramount? Yeah, yeah, he's a very safe bet. Um, everybody goes to see those movies, especially since now they have a uh, Mac Wahlberg in them. Um, oh man, what about Mark? What about Mac Wahlberg as uh, as Lobo? <laughs> I, I I don't know if Boston can hand, handle another L. They just lost the Super Bowl. Oh, so no. <laughs> L for Lobo? Yeah, there we go. We brought it home. We're back in top four, baby. <laughs> I had a bumpy start to begin with, but my, the brain's clicking now. It's going. It's going good. Uh, yeah. This... Yeah. Uh, Michael Bay's best work is definitely uh, Bad Boys and The Rock. Uh, hard cliff that fall off of after that. Uh, I guess the first Transformers is all right. It, it was Spielberg a had a lot movie. to do with it, though. Okay. Well, Spielberg yeah, had yeah, a yeah. lot to do with the heart that's in the first Transformers film. <laughs> thousand percent. Yeah. Hey, that and eBay. That's all I really remember from that movie. <laughs> That's you know, right. Optimus Prime. eBay. Right. Wiki. But um, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't see the vision. Uh, I mean, that's an Avengers property, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah. Well, anyway, we'll uh, we'll come back to the to the Lobo thing as more news uh, comes forth. Um, real quick, though, just a real quick aside into the mind of, of me to the listeners out there. <clears throat> uh, I was talking to Ig, and he we were talking about Lobo and this you know this devastating news that Michael Bay might be doing a Lobo film. And he was like, "That's really weird." He's like, "I don't think that Michael Bay would have the sense and sensibility." To, to make a Lobo film, you know, you'd probably want to have a more authentic Spanish or, or Mexican voice, Hispanic voice of some, some sort. And I was like, really? Why? And it's like, what? Dude, Lobo. Lobo. His name's Lobo. I'm like, oh, you know, I've always read that character with a British accent. <laughs> and he was dumbfounded, as he should be. I don't know why I thought that. There was no reason for me to think that. But. <laughs> So now I got to go back and reread everything. Clearly, uh, yeah. Anyway, just a little, uh, little ins- insight into the mind of Alfred Arvizu. It's a scary, scary. place. Yeah. Uh, see, see, <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> All right. This is pretty cool news. A lot of people are real psyched, jazzed about this. Uh, apparently, Game of Thrones uh, show showrunners, uh, directors, writers, creators. I mean, not in terms of the Property, of course, the property is George R. R. Martin, but like in terms of the HBO show, Weiss and, and Benioff have been contacted by Disney, locked into their own trilogy of Star Wars films. Ooh. Now, this is going to be separate from the the uh, what's oh my goodness. Oh, we're back to Ryan the Johnson, Ryan Johnson. Right. We're back. Uh, this is going to be separate from the Ryan Johnson trilogy that he's going to be doing. Uh, apparently, this is going to be separate from the, the Skywalker saga that's going on now. What are your thoughts on Weiss and Benioff jumping from Game of Thrones to Star Wars? And what do you think their story is going to be? Hmm. Oh, man. Well, my initial thoughts are finally, finally, I can bring Game of, a Game of Thrones talk into this podcast. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Sure. I, I, I constantly try to derail... <laughs> throw the Khaleesi references out there. <laughs> we get in there. We do get requests for Game of Thrones talk. That has happened several times, but it's just it's really not comic centric, so we we haven't. We'd want to. I mean, we could probably do a whole separate podcast on Game of Thrones. Uh, we'd I be mean, like the thousandth one out there, but <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a unique take on it because now that Sansa is already uh, Phoenix. And uh, Arya is going to be uh, another character. Will Spain. Will Spain, yeah. Uh, this crossover happening. Ooh. Um, so <laughs> initially I'm excited for that, but I'm also excited because um, they have a really, really cool vision. I mean, they're, they're, the way they kind of world build, and granted they're working with great material already, but um, they're going to be doing the exact same thing with Star Wars. That's prime material to just tell more stories, tell different stories, tell maybe like more real stories about like the, in, like the galactic war that's happening. Right. We only ever see like uh, the rebels kind of fighting. We don't really see like the impact uh, for the people. We got a bit of that in Rogue One with Jetta, but um, yeah. If if anything, I would like to see that. I would like to see um, kind of like not well, not a medieval setting <laughs> for Star Wars, of course, but right. you know, kind of like a, a realistic setting, kind of like how real people in this populated galaxy live. Right, sort of on the ground. Right, yeah. more on the ground. I was actually thinking, what if they do like a Knights of the Old Republic 
story. Yes. Because I mean, it's it's oh, God. it's a little Game of Thrones adjacent, right? Like you, I could see the the bridge, the connective bridge there uh, between the two narratives, and you know. Here's my one thing. I'm all in on this, right? I'm mm-hmm. all for it. But I kind of wish that they were allowed to do their own, like, either HBO Star Wars series or, like, oh. Netflix or whatever the Disney thing is going to be, mm-hmm. where they have, like, maybe three seasons of 10 episodes. Okay. To tell their narrative. 30 hours, you know, of mm-hmm. narrative. Because I. I, with three thumbs, I think there's plenty of room to 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 stretch a bit, but you know this last season of Game of Thrones felt a bit truncated in terms of yeah. the narrative flow, <laughs> and I worry. My only concern is that 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 ports over to these films because it's a totally hmm. different format. That being said, yeah. I'm still all for it. I think it's going to be great. Super excited, uh, just like almost everyone else is. Also. Yeah. So, real quick aside, this mm. means they're not doing that damn, b- like, Birth of a Nation or whatever the hell it was called. Oh, the, shit. Yeah, the, the Confederate whatever. Yeah, the Confederate. Yeah, the, where the where slavery never ended thing. God, I hope they're still not doing that. No, yeah. no, no. No, I think uh, this confirms that they're not doing that. So that's a win-win. <laughs> that's a... Yeah, please. Let's snuff that uh, garbage fire right out. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, as, as, if you couldn't tell from the response to Black Panther... The overwhelming positive response. Now is not the time for that show. Yeah. There was probably the never room. a time for that show, <laughs> but really, <clears throat> not a, not a time for that show. Uh, okay, let's move on real quick. Uh, Stanley, not dead. Here's Stanley update, guys. He's not dead, guys. He's We're... A pickle Rick. <laughs> yeah, he's un he's he's unkillable apparently. Uh, like I said before, Ig Ig. Uh, continuously uh, uh, his adamant about the idea that that Stanley survives by eating the bone <laughs> essence of dead creators like Jack Kirby <laughs> and other great artists and writers that he slided over his career uh, that that's how he subsists and he'll live forever that way um, <laughs> I look I love Stanley uh, a, a huge inspiration for me as, as a writer but uh, unfortunately, uh, he was rushed to the hospital uh, a while back, not too long ago, a few weeks ago, I believe, and and it was all all a blaze, all a blaze up in Twitter, up in Facebook. Everyone's freaking everybody out. just going, oh no! Yeah, nerd culture was just losing their mind as as they should. Uh, but he made a video. He was fine. He's doing okay. He's he's back to normal. The man is old. Okay. I, I want to say it's off the top of my head. I think I want to say he's like ninety four, maybe ninety six. It, this is going to happen. Uh, I thought it was pushing ninety eight. Is he ninety eight? We we I, regardless, he's in the, his, his yeah. mid to upper nineties. It's going to happen. We're going to have these scares. Thankfully, he's doing fine. I did see, but I wasn't able to really uh, uh, corroborate this with any other sources. I did see one real small article that said that. That uh, there's possible uh, physical abuse allegations against mm. some of his uh, caretakers. No, oh, Jesus. So let's hope that's not the case. Uh, again, I wasn't able to really find multiple uh, sources for that, so I didn't want to talk about it at length on the show. 
Uh, but we will keep our eye on that. And golly, I really hope that is not happening because, uh, yeah. wow, that would be terrible. Okay, real quick, last thing before we jump into our Black Panther review, thoughts, trivia. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I know that's near and dear to your heart. And I'm also oh, going right. to reveal something to you that I bet you're going to feel is like a bit of a betrayal. But mm-hmm. uh, let's go with the news. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is not going to be at EVO this year. Now, EVO is... <laughs> Evo is, of course, the the very big, uh, I mean, the biggest uh, tournament fighting expo in the world. Um, And they they showcase, their tournaments showcase a a variety of fighting games. There's always a Street Mm -hmm. Fighter. I think they do a Mortal Kombat. Uh, Chris, I know you're a little more familiar with with Evo. Um, Yeah. But it's it's a prominent thing. And so the fact that Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is not there. Mm-hmm. Not represented. Do you know if they're doing any of the Marvel versus Capcom series? So uh, for Evo, like they have like um, it's eight kind of like games that are like the showcase games, and uh, there's the, they'll they'll be the ones televised on ESPN two because they've been doing it for the past couple of years. Now they've been televising the the finals. Um, so uh, well, at least Street Fighter is televised. Uh, all the other ones are have like you know they have Twitch streams or whatever. Uh, they won't have a grant the. Marvel vs. Capcom included will be a, a community organized thing. It won't be done by the uh, by the tournament organizers because um, they don't see the numbers in it. Nobody's playing it really. <laughs> uh, it kind of sucks because everybody was really excited for another Marvel vs. Capcom title to come out. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom 2 and Marvel vs. Capcom 3, all the iterations of it, uh, they were really popular. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, it, I kind of feel like the fighting game community, the FGC at large, was kind of semi-responsible for keeping Marvel like as popular as it's been uh, in between uh, the start of the whole uh, MCU. Right. Um, and primarily it was because of these games. Because you these games were so accessible. They were so fun. They were so flashy. I mean, you couldn't help but stop to watch somebody playing them. Yeah. So they, they really stumble. I think it's more Capcom's fault than anything because Marvel just gives them the license to make a game. But, um, yeah, they really dropped the ball on the release. They dropped the ball on the presentation of it. Um, the marketing of it, like, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, the, the actual developers talking about the why, like, the X-Men weren't in there. It's it's not our fault, it, they should have said, but they just said, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, those characters, nobody uh, nobody really wants to play them anymore. Here's some other characters. They kind of do the same thing. Um, that's not the reason. We want to play <laughs> as Magneto. People like Wolverine, from what I yeah. understand. He's a pretty popular <laughs> guy. Might want to ask Hugh Jackman about that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, so complete mishandling all the way through, um, tail to tip, tip to tail, and they're not in Evo this year, and they've been in Evo for the past however many years Evo's been around. So it, it's, I'm, I think they've been around like in a big way since like 2006. So yeah, they're not in there. Um, it's sad to see it, but uh, yeah, that game might be dead. Well... That'll make this news interesting. Uh, I did just purchase Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Oh, no! <laughs> Yesterday, oh, no! I got $15. I had a $20 uh, gift card. That's $18 too much. It's probably true. I, uh, You know what it was? Is I saw I went and saw Black Panther, and they had a, an Xbox set up. Oh, people yeah. were playing it, and I saw Thanos throwing down... And I, I just got excited, man. I was like, oh, look at that. Let's go. Look at him go. 
I want to play Thanos. That looks like a good time. And so then I bought it, and I have not played it. I'm yeah. sure I'll regret it, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, as, as long as you get more than like two hours worth of entertainment out of it, I guess it's all right. But um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean the game's probably. All, I, I played it at uh, PAX, PAX South, um, yeah. uh, kind of like a, a month or so ago, and it was all right. I mean, it had the kind of the trend now that they're doing with fighting games. If you kind of just mash a button, it'll do a combo for you. <laughs> um, so that's you know that's accessible, but um, yeah, it just doesn't uh, the UI. The characters' faces, nothing looks oh, the, right. The graphics look not great, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's like a mobile game. It does kind of look like a mobile game. Okay, well, we'll, we'll leave that where it, you know, let, let it lay where it is. Let it lie, lie where it is. Um, let's jump into the event of February. Uh, you know, actually, just realized this. Do you think they released this film... Because of like, do you think in some part the marketing was like, oh, we want to, we we want to be able to play up the Black History Month thing? Oh yeah, this I, is intentional. I, I just thought about that. Okay, well, that, that's fine. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> um, you want to provide as much uh, opportunity for a film as you can. That being said, let's talk about Black Panther. And again, uh, spoilers, uh, spoiler alert. We are not going to try to not spoil this film. So if you haven't seen <laughs> it, go see it. Come back. Uh, it'll be on your phone, on your app, Stitcher and SoundCloud and Podcast Addict and iTunes and all that stuff. Um, all right, Black Panther, Black Panther. All right, oh, here we go. All right, Chris. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm such a fucking amateur. Let's right. do this. <laughs> Flashback, Flash versus Black Panther. Let's do a, let's see. I'll give you six sentences to okay, recap wow. black panther just hit the main beats uh huh. like you're like you're kendrick lamar out there just dropping it down <laughs> um <laughs> i got i got i got i got uh all right uh yeah kung fu kenny give me strength um <laughs> <laughs> all right uh hmm T'Challa has come back to Wakanda after his father's untimely death in the events of uh, Captain America Civil War uh, to go through the ceremony of becoming king. Okay. Um, Claw is uh, still on the loose um, since Ultron and uh, is now teamed up with uh, some really capable American stealing old uh, old Wakandan artifacts from a British museum. Um, okay, too. T'Challa's first act as king is to capture Claw, but Claw escapes them after uh, a casino shootout in Busan, South Korea, and uh, they have to bring uh, uh, Martin Freeman uh, back to Wakanda to save his life. Uh, Everett Ross, yeah, Everett, Everett Ross. Mm -hmm. Any relation to any relation to Thunderbolt Ross? They haven't confirmed that yet. He's actually a character from the comics, and I don't, I can't recall if he's. Related in the comics or not. They, they could do that, though, if they wanted to. Turns out, the American that uh, Claw was working with, uh, who subsequently uh, turned on him and, and killed him and brought him as a trophy to Wakanda, uh, is actually a um, part of the Wakandan diaspora, uh, left uh, to kind of rot in Oakland after his father's death. Uh, his father, by the way, was a brother of King Kachaka. Um, so... Now that Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, is back in back in Wakanda, he lays a claim to the throne, 
and uh, it, it, it all hell breaks loose for Wakanda. Yep, okay. It's four. Um, four, okay. <laughs> you got two more. I've, I've, I've lost count and just resigned myself to my fate. Uh, <laughs> uh, after defeating T'Challa in ritual combat, uh, seemingly so at least, um, Warmonger uh, takes... Uh, Killmonger. Kill, Killmonger. Um, Killmonger takes the full resources of Wakanda and sets sight to righting the wrongs of... Um, of globalism, colonialism, mm-hmm. uh, trying to, if no other country will take, uh, will help us, will help everybody else, and it's up to us. We'll do it uh, by any means necessary. And. All right, five. Nakia, T'Challa's sometimes ex girlfriend, um, steals one of the flowers that uh, holds the Black Panther kind of um, uh, potion, I guess. Yeah, it kind of gives him the powers uh, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the uh, Super Soldier Serum, essentially. Yeah. Um, ends up saving the day because T'Challa didn't die in their, t- in their combat. Uh, the Jabari actually rescued him, and he's able to reclaim the throne uh, after Killmonger tried to tried to upset the entire balance. All right, uh, with a, with a new with a new uh, with a new kind of with the foresight of protecting Wakanda uh, in the most progressive way possible uh, by helping everybody else in the world. There you go. Give, it, give yourself a round of sound. Where's the Where's the clap drop? Do the clap drop for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. Very Thank good, you Chris. Uh, th- if, by the way, everyone that's listening, if you don't think that's hard, try it. Try <laughs> to surmise any film in like four to six sentences. It is really, really difficult. Um, it's kind of fun, but it's oh, it is so stressful. It's a fun exercise. It's, yeah, it's very stressful. Um. Yeah, wow. Uh, the, okay, so right off the bat, um, this film has released to rave reviews uh, almost across the board, universally uh, liked, adored maybe even. Um, it's projecting at $210 million opening weekend, and this is taking Ooh. into account the Monday holiday as well. But still, $210 million is, and that's just domestically, that is insane. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a chunk of change okay um i've actually seen it twice already uh Jesus. I, I took my mom on thursday you know the premiere but it turns out my sister's birthday was the next day and for her birthday she wanted to see black panther oh happy birthday bianca yeah so happy birthday happy 14th to bianca of course bacon otherwise known as bacon that's her nickname <laughs> um and uh you know and she loved it too um what? Whew, okay, there's so yeah. many ways we can talk Lots about this film. Let's let's just look at it as as fans or not fans, depending on how you feel, I guess, about the film. Chris, what was the thing? One thing you took away most from this film? A lot of people have said that this movie is dramatically different from the quote unquote Marvel House Marvel style of the MCU. Hmm. Do you feel it lived up to that, um, or if not, even even if not, what is what is the thing that you took away most from this film? What did it do for you? Yeah, I actually think this film kind of made full use of the Marvel formula. Um, we get a good kind of a like the first two minutes is kind of like um, 
T'Chaka telling T'Challa about like the beginnings of Wakanda, telling telling like a bedtime story, mm-hmm. and we get a cool kind of like almost Game of Game of Thrones ish kind of opening sequence with mm-hmm. everything kind of building up from the ground. Um, so we get we get origin story, we get kind of like a we get put into media rest almost of, of the, the events happening, and then uh, I I mean for the most part I thought it kind of followed like the Marvel formula, which wasn't a bad thing. I mean, <laughs> look at the numbers. It's like an mm-hmm. insane string of number ones at the box office. Um, but um, oh yeah, real quick, just this is the 18th, 18th Marvel Cinematic Universe <laughs> film. I can't believe we're at 18 already. That that's insane. Um, all number ones. That's insane. It's just unprecedented. 18 in a row, all debuted at number one the weekend they've come out. It juggernaut. Right, like just <laughs> wow. Okay, please continue. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I thought it kind of thrived with the formula. It, 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 some movies take it and they kind of just use it, and nothing's really, you know, too surprising. <clears throat> Ant Man. Yeah, I was say uh, Ant Man, which isn't a bad <laughs> film. Even Doctor, not, Str- even Doctor Strange. Enjoyable. Right, yeah. not not bad films at all. Very enjoyable. Right. But but yes, I, I know what you mean. Um, no, I think the the main takeaway was like this. Yes, yes. God damn it. Yes. This is why representation is important. Oh, yeah. That for me, I mean, uh, sorry to take the juicy bit first, but <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it, it, it's just so amazing. It's, uh, I, I don't know. I um, like I, I I take it back to um, my my te- family took a trip to Mexico uh, like last uh, last Christmas. Um, we were we were fortunate enough to have enough uh, like airline miles saved up to take a, a family trip. And my sister, upon, you know, walking around on the first day, was like, oh, my God, I just realized everybody looks like me. And that was a powerful thought that, you know, it's so innocuous. And it's not, you don't realize it until you're there, until you're surrounded in it. And maybe I think that's kind of like it's it's kind of almost it, it's very touching that uh, that everybody thinks that everybody thinks that this is really breaking the mold. I think it's just because of the representat- representation. Yeah, it's a beautiful story. It's told in a you know, the, very an emotional way. Um, we're completely invested in all these characters, and for some of us, that's a first. Yeah, I mean, you you said it perfectly. Um, so I'm actually in contact with a few different people. We're obviously Hispanic, um, but we're minorities, and even then, this film doesn't touch us in the way that I that it could for other people, for people of African and African American descent. Um, I'm in I'm in contact with a few people. Hopefully, we're going to bring somebody on within the comic community, um, or possibly cosplay community, that can further speak to that voice. Mm. And because I think that's really important, um, <clears throat> I'll tell you both screenings. Okay, both screenings of this film. It was like this is I mean, this is not a joke. I I say this with utmost respect and joy and just embracing this it was like every black nerd and cosplayer in san antonio was at these screenings and it was wonderful to see families dressed up literally dressed up head to toe and like african Mm -hmm. headdress like garb you know like full thing like um there's photos on the internet of people dressing up like a king uh, Akeem from from uh, coming to America. Oh yeah, and and going to this screening, which is awesome. Um, <laughs> just people really embracing the identity of this film because of the character and who he is, mm-hmm. just on his face, like who he is as a character. Um, 
it's it's like uh, it's like nothing I've ever seen, honestly. Where where one minority group has come out in such strong support and fully embracing this stuff that I mean, come on, by and large, is for nerdy white guys has been right. for decades. So to see this is just outstanding, and and I you know there's a video going going around Facebook and Twitter and whatnot of these two little boys. Um, they just got out of Black Panther, and they see the movie poster, and they're they're two little uh, they're two little black boys, and they're they're playing around, and they point to the poster and like I'm you know this one and I'm that one. And, and and they're like fighting and like play fighting, mm-hmm. and and like you said, it's all about that idea of being seeing representation of somebody like you that looks like you, and and that was such a big part of this film. And Ryan Coogler made made sure that that was at the heart of this film. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. I mean, the thing is, a lot of some people. Ugh, I mean, there are some people on the internet because it's the internet, and these aren't even the worst out there, not by any means. And we'll, we'll maybe touch on that in, in a bit too. But there's some people that are saying like, "Hey, hey, the movie's not that that great. It's not that revolutionary. The story's it's we've seen this story. It's essentially reverse Lion King, which it kind of is. <laughs> I mean, I get that. I, I'm not saying that's wrong, but they're like, "What's the big deal?" But that kind of misses the point. Oh, yeah, completely. The big deal is that, um, I don't know, I, 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 I almost feel that Marvel knows how to read a room for sure. They're very, they're very kind of, uh, they, don't take stup- they don't take stupid moves. Um, they know that they've accrued such, a, like a, such a, an amount of clout with the like, movie-going public at large that uh, if it's a Marvel production, that means um, an, uh, it has a polish to it. It's important for some reason. Mm-hmm. And I... I as humans, our only real investment that we have is time, and that yeah. enough time and effort went into this that that it has the Marvel brand, but loud and proud at the beginning. Like this is important. This is what Marvel is. This is you know, <laughs> if there's any more pop culture stamp of approval, it's it. I, I don't know what it, I guess. I guess it's Disney. It's the same thing now. Right. But um, yeah, no, it, it. This is what we have to offer, and please accept it because it. My God, is it good. I I love my my fa- one of my favorite takes that I've heard about this movie is I heard it on a, a wrestling podcast of all things, <laughs> but uh, it's it's hosted by uh, one white guy and one black guy right they're the, the two hosts, and mm-hmm. wh- and what they were saying is that the best thing about Black Panther is it's gonna make there's got to be some racist asshole fanboys out there. <laughs> that are gonna have to see this film because it's part of the MCU and it's the last film before Avengers Infinity War, so you don't want to be out of the loop. And mm-hmm. I love that idea. It's really funny to me. Um, yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, I mean, there's so much that we could talk about in terms of the social impact of this film. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I almost, I almost don't even know where to, to start and end with it. But I do want to bring up something real quick that Ryan Coogler said. So, you know, maybe we can kind of track back onto the film. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Coogler in an interview asked, was, was asked to describe the film's central theme. And he said that he classified it as responsibility and identity. Quote, 
What do the powerful owe those in need? It separates the good guys from the villains. What value is strength unless you're using it to help someone? Wakanda mm. pretends to be just another struggling African country, but some of its neighbors are struggling for real. If Wakandans don't stand up for themselves, who will? But if they stand only for themselves, then who are they? Wow. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that sentiment's definitely there in the movie. Uh, I kind of like to extrapolate on that. I coming away from it, I was like, I mean, Wakanda, America, is there a difference? Right. If, if, I mean, oh. even if you don't, if you're not represented in this movie, uh, <laughs> nerdy white guys, um, try to read a little bit into it. I mean, it's right there. Uh, <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> on us. By the way, by the way. My favorite line in the movie, hands yeah. down, comes on one of the stingers. It's when T'Challa is is at the like the UN meeting or whatever that is. Yeah. And he says, "Wise men build bridges. Fools build barriers." Mhm. Wow. What's another word for barrier? <laughs> <laughs> hmm who is a point guard in the N- nba uh used to play for the wizards i think hmm. so does play when he's not injured okay <laughs> but yeah yeah uh golly guys uh it's it's right there just it's right there um love that line just loved yeah. it i i smiled from ear to ear when he said that and um I mean, but it's true. You know, Ig, I talked to Ig about this movie off air before we started recording. And, you know, his whole thing is he loves Killmonger. It's his favorite. Mm-hmm. I believe it's his favorite villain. It's probably might be his favorite character other than Iron Man in the MCU. And he was wow. just like, hey, man, uh, wasn't Killmonger just right? I mean, didn't T'Challa just basically take what... what Killmonger said and just sort of implemented in a less violent way and I'm like no yeah that's right the villain wasn't wrong and we've talked about this before uh, with like Vulture I'm going to ask you this is Mm -hmm. Eric Killmonger the best villain in the MCU ooh ooh (laughs) this is a a question I posted to my brother when we uh, watched it last night and the car ride back um I think we came away with he's right up there with uh, Baron Zemo or Zemo, whatever, uh-huh. uh, from Civil War. Um, yeah, because he's basically just a protagonist. Yeah, he's a protagonist. He's on his own story, and um, yeah, yeah. Of course, they're going for the same goals. Of course, they want the same ends. Martin and Malcolm wanted the same ends as well. Right. There's those parallels for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I I think uh, God the the. Just the the way he carried himself, the way he was so confident, the way he was so like deeply well trained. And granted, we got some you know telling more than showing at some points, but um, I think I, he's right up there with the uh, with uh, the sniper guy from Inglorious Bastards, who is Baron Zemo, whatever. Yeah, Baron Zemo. Um, um, yeah, he, he's not. Here's the thing, Baron he's... Zima. <laughs> oh man, there was a cross promotion <laughs> that was missed. Um, <laughs> he's not wrong. He's right. he's too aggressive, sure. Uh, maybe too ruthless about. I mean, his I mean, shit. The, yeah, I'm I'm with it. 
<laughs> I've been waiting for it for a little bit, but uh, much like uh, Korg, my boy. Oh, well, I tried to start a revolution, but didn't print enough pamphlets. So. <laughs> God damn it, dude. I love Korg so much. By the way, real quick thing on Korg. Do you realize that in that film, he he's Rock, his friend... Um, uh, Meek oh, shit. is scissors, scissors and he's beaten in the revolution by not printing enough oh, pamphlets <laughs> oh the levels oh man I swear um Killmonger is really not wrong uh he's he's justified in so many ways his father was murdered <laughs> like mm-hmm. like you know, it's just, whew, man, this film, um, yeah, it's it's something. For anyone who likes Lion King, by the way, go watch Lion King, then go watch Black Panther. It go is read re- Hamlet. It's re- or okay, yeah, or Hamlet. It's reverse <laughs> Lion King. It is literally, it's reverse. It's just the reverse of the of Lion King. Um, wow. Uh, okay. So I love this movie. Uh, it, oh, okay. One other point that I wanted to make sure. Uh, yeah. to share that Ig had was that he said, hey, after the movie, we kind of, you know, talked a little bit. He said, hey, is it just me or is Black Panther actually the least important and maybe most boring character in the Black Panther film? And <laughs> I said, maybe, but I almost feel like that's by design uh, because mm. Killmonger is such an important character and his story is more of a protagonist story. He has so much to do in the film. Right. Then you're setting up the world of Wakanda, the people of Wakanda. Right. All of the dynamics between the tribes and their culture. All of that, to me, is more important than some dude in a suit. Yeah. We've seen seen some variation of some dude in a suit 18 times. (laughs) So, I mean, not to take away from Chadwick Boseman, who did fantastic in the movie... Um, but I think everything else was more important. And I think Ryan Coogler realized that and played up all of those aspects. With that being said, my standout person slash character in this film also, by the way, shared by, uh, Bianca, uh, Letitia Wright as Shuri, his little sister. Oh yeah. Loved her character. She was like Q. Ryan Coogler in an interview compared her to Obi Wan Kenobi, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, but just love the energy she brought. How what she, are those? What are those? She grounded um, T'Challa by, yeah. by by treating him like a real person. It's like he was so weighed down by being a king and all the responsibilities of being a king. Super maybe, serious mode. Maybe that made him a little boring. Sure. But you, I mean, who wouldn't be? That's, that's a, an unenviable unenvi- task there. Mm-hmm. But Shuri came in and just lit it up every time she was on screen for me. Did you have a favorite character? Man. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Yeah, there's a lot to choose from. I don't know. I, I think um, Baku, M'Baku, uh, the leader of the, the Jabari. Winston Duke. He's my, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's probably my favorite. Um, just because <laughs> when Martin Freeman thought he could talk, uh, starts barking <laughs> at him. The, yeah, he thought he could talk. Yeah, just like you know, you don't have a place here. You don't have a 
any say in what goes on here. And it's like, if you speak again, I'm going to feed you to my children. Then, nah, I'm just kidding, we're vegetarians. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's just having a good old time. Yeah. <laughs> he's just fucking, he's messing with them so much, you know? Yeah. Um. Okay, let's talk about, <clears throat> let's talk about the stingers, the two stingers, right? So mm-hmm. we've got, We've got the first one where T'Challa is again. It looks like a UN hearing uh, or some sort, some sort of World Council meeting, and he's talking about sort of how Wakanda is going to operate moving forward. And um, you know, they sort of question him, like, "Wait, you're just a poor, struggling country. Like, what? What are you going to? What can t- farmers teach us? You're going to give us some oxen? We already got those, man." <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, your your spears look real cool, but we already did that. We got guns. I like, I like, I like I must have been thinking, like, I have, like, two versions of Alexa at home. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, these guys are like, we've had Alexa since the 1500s. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Well, I think this is going to lean heavily into Affinity War. Um, yeah. Because clearly, we've seen from the trailer, they're on Wakanda at some point. I mean, Wakanda features prominently. Oh yeah, in the trailers, so shit's gonna go down there, and this is clearly ramping up to that. The mm-hmm. second singer, uh, we get to see White Wolf, Josh Snow, <laughs> oh man, the Avenger of the Red Wedding. Oh wow, you know nothing, Sergeant Barnes. He doesn't. He doesn't always know. <laughs> there could be. You know what? Maybe we could do that at some point. Do a little Game of Thrones Marvel MCU. Oh, uh, parallels. Hmm. Put that one. Put that one on the. Uh, yeah. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in that. There you go. I'm really bad at the analogies. Uh. <laughs> okay. So we see Barnes still missing his arm, but Shuri is jazzed to say hi. She's got a lot of stuff she wants to show him. Possibly going to get an upgrade on the arm, most likely. Um, he's chilling out. He's looking very uh chill, but yet also. Like, those clothes don't suit him. <laughs> he looks very out of place, but I think that's very purposeful. He just, he, I just came back from Bonnaroo. I'm so centered. Right. There you go. He does. He does seem like a like a Bonnaroo reject. Um, <laughs> any any thoughts on that singer for, for so, Bucky Barnes? Yeah. So Shuri definitely undid his programming, right? Is that what she meant? By, I, like, uh, you're kind of better now? Yeah. I feel like that was... Yeah, because she she was able to like you know repair Ross's spinal column, <laughs> so in, in a day. So I'm assuming that uh, you know undoing some uh, some uh, triggers ne- uh, neurologically that might be light work for Sherry. Yeah. Oh, by the way, and I, I don't know where the article is, and if you know, we'll find it. We'll post it on the thread on, on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod, uh, on this podcast thread. But there's an article that where they stated that Shuri is the smartest person in the MCU. Oh wow! Smarter than Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, smarter than everybody. Wow! She's the smartest she, person. I guess Reed Reed Richards is in, 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 isn't in the MCU. Not proper. yet. Not yet. Yeah. You know. I wonder though. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, I love. <laughs> Sorry, just going back to Shuri again. Uh, you know what I call them? Sneakers. Because, <laughs> never mind. Like, oh, man. Just, I got such a big laugh. Just just pure joy. Yeah. Pure joy on that screen. All right. Um, we're going to talk about sort of 
some of the ramifications of the film and what it means moving forward in the social sort of aspects in just a second. I just wanted to run down uh, some trivia. found a bunch of cool little trivia facts. I know a lot of the listeners out there like this segment when we do the movie reviews, so I'm just going to run through them. Chris, if you want to chime in on any thoughts about any of these facts, feel free. I'll chime in right now, buddy. Ah, very nice. Here's some facts. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets, everybody. Um, <laughs> the Black Panther, the comic book character that is, was created in July of 1966. Now, this is actually two months before the founding of the Black Panther Party. Mm-mm. No? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Many people mistakenly assume that the name referenced the party. That's not actually true. It's just kind of a it's kind of a incidental happenstance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that temporarily they changed the name of the character to Black Leopard. Yeah. But nobody was having that. Nobody had time for it, so they just changed it back. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's pretty interesting. And I, I, I wish I wish I could have been there when this was happening because I, I just I, – it probably would have been a really stressful time for Marvel Comics. Like, oh, shit, we just released this character and <laughs> there's this – this sort of uh, radical movement going on. Um, but also sort of shows, again, how they were ahead of their time. Marvel uh, ahead of their time in a lot of ways with a lot of things. And Stan Lee uh, also. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting another tidbit. Wesley Snipes, Blade himself, Wesley Snipes, wanted to play Black Panther in the 90s and even went to Columbia Pictures with a script in hand wow. to do a Black Panther movie in the early 90s. Ultimately, they passed on it, and eventually he did Blade, um, hmm. which is kind of funny because uh, some of the little backlash that was happening before the movie came out was like, "Why is everyone giving Black Panther all this all this rub for, you know, featuring a black superhero? It wasn't even the first one, Blade, <laughs> Steel, you know." And I get it, I get it, um, but just enjoy the stuff, guys. Like, if you could enjoy it, enjoy it. Um, Blank right. man. Blank man, blank man. Do I love me some blank man? Meteor man. Okay, I love yeah, me some meteor man. Okay, love me some meteor man. Um, Killmonger. Killmonger's bumpy, ritualistic tribal markings all over his body, his chest, um, and torso are based on the scar tattoos of the Mercy and Surma tribes. So hmm. based off real African tribes. Okay, here's a pretty cool one. We already talked about Winston Duke earlier, who was, um, um, how do you say his name? Um, Mbaku? Yeah. Mbaku, right? And Lapita Nwangu, who was uh, Nakia. Um, they actually were classmates at Yale. Wow. And they saw Avengers, the first Avengers movie in 2012. They saw it together when it was released. Oh, shit. So that's really cool that these two kids at the time saw Avengers and now got to star in a Marvel Cinematic Universe film. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, so, you know, we talked about how Black Panther really did a fantastic job with the world building of Wakanda and, and sort of you know, showing true, like, really nice touches of culture and immersive sort of immersive culture um, aesthetically within the film. And this is because director Ryan Coogler brought in consultants, um, actual like experts in their field 
on African history and politics to help create the visual world of Wakanda. Hmm. So very, very, very much so purposefully thought out there. Oh, okay. This is my absolute favorite piece of trivia. Um, Michael B. Jordan, of course, as Eric Killmonger in the film, initially auditioned for the role of Sam Wilson, the Falcon, back in 2013. Uh, you know, for uh, for Captain America, um, Winter Soldier. Anthony Mackie, who of course is Sam Wilson Falcon, bef- before he was cast in that role, was considered for the role of T'Challa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, that's pretty crazy. I mean, just in your mind, just briefly, I mean, it takes as much time as you yeah. want. But just flip those roles. <laughs> and like, you know, I could, I could see it working, but I feel like, Mackie is much more suited to kind of the silly, the kind of goofy, charming thing that he does. Um, uh, last fact, John Boyega was actually also considered for the role of T'Challa. Oh. So that that's interesting. Finn. Finn. FN2187? Yeah. He, um, you know, he... Um, <laughs> he he uh, He's trying to get off that ship, just constantly trying to leave. <laughs> He's trying Rose to leave Wakanda. Him. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, imagine imagine a, a Black Panther who's just constantly trying to leave Wakanda. <laughs> <laughs> Shuri's got a work cut out for her. Shuri or uh, Okawe. Oh yeah, man, she was awesome too. Just stellar cast, by the way. Every everybody did. Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Just man, good times. Good times. Okay, uh, real quick. Um, so there are a couple of couple of dumb, <laughs> not going to mince words here, dumb and stupid things associated with Black Panther that have nothing to do with the film, but rather the 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 reaction to the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is that there was a group of people that were trying to push down the score of Black Panther on Rotten Tomatoes and other review sites. Wow. Movie sight unseen, by the way, um, solely because it featured a prominently African and African American cast. So worst of the week goes to them. Yeah. Additionally, (laughs) there, uh, now thankfully there were not a lot of these, um, but there were a few smattering, I guess is a way to put it, of reports of people claiming to have gone to Black Panther screenings and then utilizing makeup to show oh, no. that they were physically assaulted at screenings for not being black. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's doing a lot. We talk about this all the time. The reason I bring it up uh, is not to give them pub, but to reiterate a um, sort of edict that we have here on the podcast is do good with your time. Like, make better use of your time. You know, Chris, you said earlier that time is the only true thing that we have Yeah. to invest in, to give, to give and to take and so on. Only right. so many ticks. Only so many ticks. Don't do it wasting like don't why why 
Like, go write the best, like, Anglo-American story you could ever write. Because <laughs> yeah, there's none of those, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, there's not already a, literally a, a billion of those. But but go do it. Go go show why you think you're so awesome. So, there's... At, at, the very, at the very least, it's just don't be a dick. I mean... Uh, if the golden rule is too hard for you to remember, <laughs> do unto others as you would, as the, you would have them do, do unto you. If that's too difficult, just don't be a fucking dick. God no, damn it! Don't be a dick. Boo! Not cool. Right. Hundred percent. Giant ho- floating head. Um. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so clearly, uh, Chris. Uh, for me, it's a it's a please see this film. Thumbs up. I don't ever oh, yeah. remember what our rating system is on our podcast, so. <laughs> oh, let's let's use the chilies like they, they used to in the San Antonio Light. Okay, uh, <laughs> you mean the, jalap- no, the jalapenos? Um, <laughs> Larry God. Ratliff, is that dude? Yeah, dude, the San Antonio Light. Wow, <laughs> wow. Journalism is dead, guys. It's real life. Uh, I give it. I give it. I give it. Man, four and a half. Five? I don't know. It's up there. Hmm. It's up there. Yeah. I give it a... Yeah, it, it, it's really, really good. Um, it's so enjoyable to watch. Uh, like, I got chills when, like, uh, Wakanda first... Like, when they were first coming in. Like, we saw a little bit a little bit in the trailer, but actually seeing it in the movie movie theater setting, you know, it was it was really worth it. Yeah. Uh, visuals are stunning. This, this movie looks amazing. Oh. Uh, yeah. So enjoyable. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's a big um, it's a big hit for me too. Uh, I give it uh, seventeen out of twenty uh, 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 <laughs> somethings. Uh, Marvel movies. Uh, no, um, Green Lanterns. I, <laughs> <laughs> what about what about what about the soundtrack? How'd you feel about that? Oh yeah, there was more than one song. <laughs> <laughs> there was. I, I I love this one, but I'm pleased. Use another song. Uh, <laughs> I liked it a lot. Yeah, really, really nice soundtrack. Of course, uh, produced by Kendrick Lamar. Uh, brings a ton of of people on board for the soundtrack. Uh, my boy Khalid. Oh uh, yeah, man, Khalid. I'm so wait on Khalid. SZA. Uh, um, um, like, who else is on there? There's a bunch of people on that. Is Cardi no Cardi B's not on there, right? Uh, there's, I don't think so. There's a there's a bunch of people on there. Give give it a, li- a listen to if you like hip hop, uh, rap, even like R and B. My left stroke just went viral. <laughs> wow! Hey, oh man, I did not. I haven't heard that one before. You just, <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's uh quite an achievement by Marvel. Round of sound. Um, I guess uh, cyborg. <laughs> Cyborg, you're up. <laughs> Good luck, DC. No pressure. Pressure. Uh, all right. So now, what we're going to talk about, uh, or actually, what we're going to bring onto the show, is we did. We were able to record a segment uh, with Richard Evans uh, from Rivers Want, also a guest vocalist on Bed Force, uh, and just a huge. Uh, nerd, like just pop culture nerd, huge Venom fan, and we're gonna have the the Venom trailer. We're gonna break that down and and let uh, Richard give his thoughts as well. 
So we're going to go and queue that up right now. All right, we've got a super special guest uh, on the show today. And I am, of course, talking about Richard Evans, one half of the fantastic band Rivers Want. Also, I mean, I don't know, maybe this is how you are considered in the other band uh in bit force like guest vocalist muse perhaps uh, <laughs> Ooh. extraterrestrial being there you go much like <laughs> to contribute to uh, the bit force in, in the same sort of lineage as david bowie uh and yeah, i'll take that uh, <laughs> and of course for those that don't know and I, we've mentioned this before but the 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 music the intro and outro music to our show was done by Rivers Want. So we've really been wanting uh, to bring Richard on, and we finally made it happen. Woo! Uh, with a very uh, special... <laughs> Thank you, Chris. Well, with a very special segment. Uh, because, <laughs> Richard, we, 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 we've been friends for a while, uh, and yeah, I yeah. remember... Maybe enemies, frenemies? Would you go no, that I far? I, I don't... I, no, I don't have enemies. Okay. okay. No, no, he's too nice. Uh, but... The Venom, uh, we've talked about Venom before. I know you brought him up before. He's your is he he's your favorite character, right? He's got to be. He's 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 the reason why I ever picked up a comic book in the first place. Okay. I'll put it that way. Like basically, little ten uh, year old Richard Evans living in Laughlin Air Force Base in Del Rio, Texas, in nineteen ninety whatever, uh, was going to a, the corner gas station, and they just have you know your typical gas station thing plus video store. It was everything in one because it's a little Air Force base, and mm. they had a small rack of uh, comics on the uh, in the shelf or whatever. And I never really picked a comic book up before, but I just flipped through it and I see a wedding cake, which is Mary Jane Parker and or Mary Jane at the time, and then Spider Man holding hands on top of a wedding cake, and behind it is this black demon drooling blood goo everywhere teeth. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I got to see this. <laughs> so I pick it up, took it home. And I'm like, this. So that was the first character I ever fell in love with was Venom. And so. Holy yeah, yeah. hell. What a creation myth. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's. Yeah, it was awesome. It's the way to jump it. Now, that being said, <laughs> we're and, uh, we're going to talk about the Spider-Man 3 representation of Venom as well. But, nice. But. That being said, you, you just you just wove this amazing visual for us and our listeners. We just saw the Venom trailer. Um, my question to you is, where's Venom? Uh-oh. See, see, here's where I've had some little personal moral conundrums about. Because my first, first viewing of it, I'm like, I had the same thing. I'm like, what the fuck? That was, where, there was nothing there. I saw some goo in a container and... and and then I just saw Tom Hardy's shoulders for the next 45 <laughs> seconds. Like, that was it. And, and you know, I, and so I kind of had the same reaction uh, at first. But then I started to think about it. And what I like about it now, because that's what I wanted to see. We all, like, you know, the like a Venom fan is like, all right, cool. Let's, we want to see this fucking guy. You know, yeah. we want to see what he looks like. I want to see maybe even a logo. You know, his chest, whatever. The teeth, I the eyes. see yeah. anything, anything. Yeah, yeah. that and tongue. not even that. Like, I had to go back and watch it again just to notice there's some black creeping up his neck at the end. Yeah, when he's in, the he's in like, the CT machine or laying down on the bed or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then when I'm thinking about it, because as a person who just knows Eddie Brock and just the storyline, you know, at least a little bit. Yeah. Like, yeah, where is he? Uh... <laughs> 
But then I think about how they paced that trailer a little bit. And if it didn't say the word Marvel in front of it, it'd be like, what's going on? Right. To the, to mm. the point where, A, it's supposed to be a teaser. I'll give you that, all right? Yeah. Um, and which it did. It teased. We saw some black goo running in there. You know, we saw we know that Tom Hardy is Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy the movie, but the 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 Venom entity we don't really get to see, and we just hear him talk about an every normal day. I don't want to say normal, but like something common that humans can relate to. A loss. He's he's ta- he's talking truth right there. You know, there's a everybody has a moment where something happens to them, and they've changed. It's a defining moment in their life. It could be this. It could be this. And then this whole time we're seeing flashes of maybe it's a breakup. Okay, maybe it's a girl. What the fuck is this movie still about? Maybe it's an accident. You see a plane crash. Like, all right, cool. Maybe it was that. And then maybe it's something else. What what the hell is this black goo in there? All right, now you have to just pretend like you've never seen Venom at all. Right. And you're still like, okay. And then it's like everybody has their own demons. He starts to freak out and black stuff starts creeping up his neck. Mm. What the fuck is that? That's kind of almost the same reaction that I had looking at that comic book cover. You right. know? Oh. Not to the not to the extent because I mean I saw it in full bam there it was first thing right off the bat. So there, there's different ways of looking at it, but yeah, I was the same like where the fuck is it blah blah blah. But I had to go back and watch it as a I mean I do my own film editing and stuff like that too. And I, would, I don't want to put all my cards on the table just right. yet. So you know? I'm really glad you said that, <laughs> Richard, because something that Chris and I have talked about before, and DC especially is really guilty of this, uh, and even Spider-Man Homecoming, of just giving away too much yeah, in their yeah, trailers. Yeah. And so, you know, you can't really get upset if that's an issue for you. Then here they're doing the thing that we're asking completely for, completely right? opposite. They're, they're yeah, not yeah, giving yeah. us anything, and this is just a teaser. Now I do think this is a little bit for practical reasons because they just wrapped shooting on this, and mm. obviously all the all the Venom stuff is going to be special effects. Uh, mm. So they their 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 uh, FX team hasn't had time to really probably dig into this yet, right? Uh, and they're just, just trying to like get one shot, right? Right. So they're just trying to get you know something out there, and I get that. <laughs> And the, my favorite thing to, to do with this trailer is I show it to people, and this is a fun game that any listener can do as well. Show it to somebody who doesn't really know anything about comic books, definitely doesn't know anything about Venom. Just show that person the trailer mm-hmm. and yeah, ask yeah. them, hey, what do you think this is about? Like, <laughs> you wouldn't, like you said, you wouldn't know this was a Marvel film at all. Right. And, and it looks interesting in the way that they portrayed it, where most of the Marvel stuff right now is that. Here, it's in your face. Here's the suit. Here's this. This is this. You know, right. Whatever. It's all super flashy. This one is like, this is going to probably be scary. Like, it's it's yeah. not giving you... Like, if you think about most Marvel movies, okay, we have a certain vibe to it, etc., part of the MCU, and then Logan comes out. I right. know that that's not part of the MCU, but it's still a Marvel movie. Right. And it was a different vibe altogether. You know? and, and it it got an Academy nomination for it too. Yeah, like, and for it's a fucking great movie. Yeah, it is. And this one is kind of it's more taking a page from that. I want to say where it's like here we're doing a serious movie. It yeah you're right, Chris. And what, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Richard. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, I could talk for hours <laughs> about it. But go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Chris, Chris, Chris what were your initial impressions on the trailer? Uh, you know, knowing that it is a <clears> movie <throat> and that this is supposed to be our first look. 
Yeah, I kind of came into it a little bit late. Uh, it had been out for a couple of days and just work uh, swamped me down, so I didn't get to check it out like immediately with everybody else. So I didn't kind of I, I kind of didn't ride that Twitter wave of reactions like I usually do. Um, right. But when I saw it, uh, like the first scene, like it kind of starts with that uh, tight close up of the uh, the picture and the doctors or mm, I guess the, yeah, and it the lab. Back, yeah. uh, a- as soon as I saw the setting, this started playing in my head. <laughs> really? I mean, it is straight up Exorcist. Yeah, I don't know a better like visual call to another movie than like a CT machine. That's the <laughs> only thing I thought of. So from yeah, true, that, true, from, true. from the jump, I kind of viewed it as like a horror movie, and I thought it was brilliant as a trailer for a horror movie. <laughs> uh, I, I think um, Venom is going to have like um, sp- uh, kind of being part of the Spidey verse that the Sony is trying to do, mm-hmm. uh, especially with that um, animated movie they got way in the wings. Yeah, with the Miles um, movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna have to. They really need to establish who Eddie Brock is to them, and like what he, what purpose he's gonna serve in their world. Uh, so I thought this take was kind of subdued, maybe practically because the CGI is not there. Maybe they don't want to, you know, tip their hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're doing the crazy mm-hmm. thing. They're, they're, they not, don't even see the flop. They don't even look at the cars with the con all in. <laughs> the, oh, they're pulling yeah, a Maverick. Like, they're pulling a Maverick. Yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> You know, actually, the, the, <laughs> that brings up a good point, Chris, is that maybe maybe this movie is going to be a lot, even though it is a Venom movie, maybe it is going to be a lot of Eddie Brock, like yeah. him as a character, like the human mm-hmm. part of it. And that's really interesting. Uh, they've obviously delved into that into the comics, but that wasn't something that they did sort of initially, right? That's mm-hmm. something that's been done over times, over over decades. But if they do that with this movie, that really fleshes out the character, and we all know that Tom Hardy's got the chops. I mean, he can really do some nice stuff if they give him room to do it. And he, you know, they don't. Oh yeah, they don't toe for grace him up a bit, like you know, <laughs> in my opinion, anyway. I will the say, toe. the initial fan reaction online was not good. <laughs> my, that uh, was mine too. I mean, people people were yeah. were really not happy with it. But the thing is, again, if you go back and you look at even at Spider Man Homecoming, right, which is sort of directly related to this film. They give away pretty much beat by beat every major thing that happens in that film yeah, in those trailers. Yeah. I still love the movie. Like that's a credit to how good the movie is, how enjoyable it is, because it's it's still very enjoyable. But I could have done without them, you know, showing me the entire thing. Mm. Um, all right, uh, so Richard, we I did say we were going to talk about Spider Man Three. Uh, of course, this is the same Raimi Spider Man Three, Topher Grace <laughs> as Eddie Brock. Um, sort of this like ass wipe version of of eddie brock uh he's real dick real real dick canoe um what are what are your thoughts on that particular iteration of venom were you on board uh were you were you out as soon as you saw him do it were you okay with it what would you like to see them do differently here in spider-man 3 the that particular one there's three storylines going on there right which one of them is the continuing through of the james franco and mary jane character like that ended (laughs) that ended perfect i was like that was awesome Mm -hmm. um and then there's the sandman part which i thought was equally awesome like that was really good story Mm -hmm. uh the other one was the venom story and sadly that's just too much for one film yeah all right now, let's just say I cut all that out. Let's cut out the Mary Jane stuff and the Green Goblin stuff. Let's take get rid of 
um, the Sandman storyline. Let's just go with Peter Parker getting that outfit and then kind of going emo, dark, etc. Right. That yeah, I liked. Around. Yeah, well, that I liked because he he was filled with confidence, like yeah, yeah, but it's false confidence. It right. was almost mm. like a metaphor for just like binge drinking or something. And Ooh, you know, yeah. he th- he thinks he's awesome, but he's poisoning everybody around him. Right. And he's ruining relationships because he thinks he's a badass, and he's really just a fucking drunk, and he's embarrassing himself. Right. Um. <clears throat> and then he makes that choice of. Oh, but during this whole storyline, you got this Eddie Brock dude who's like, yeah, I want to be a photographer too. Cool. And he's just getting trounced the entire time, just getting beaten down because Peter Parker's like, yeah, I have this selfie with with Spider-Man because he's me, you know? Yeah. And he's just trying to break into it. And he's trying to be a nice guy to Peter at first, if I remember right. Yeah. But because uh, Peter's all uh, jacked up, he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm fucking awesome. Go away. And then I think he even steals his girlfriend at one point. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, the the blonde that he the takes to the bar. Bryce to Dal- dance I mean, it's scene. supposed to be Gwen Stacy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that was a girl that he was hitting on, and so he's just getting basically bullied by this brat. You know, he doesn't know he's Spider Man; he's just a brat. Yeah. And then, um, and then when Peter finally has his own epiphany of I need to get rid of this thing because I realize now that it is being toxic, uh, goes to the church, knocks it off, you know, and uh, Topher is there. And it, and it just consumes him. And it's a painful transformation when you watch him. He's like, oh, this is not good. Like, he did a good job doing his role. Like, Topher Grace is a pretty fucking good actor. Um, but everybody just wanted beefy. They wanted Tom Hardy. You know, he didn't look like Tom Hardy, but he was an equal to Spider-Man. You know, both physically and you know, just, yeah, basically they're you're, on the same You're supposed level. to be like a foil, right? Like a literal sort of physical and mental foil. For right, Peter. right. And that, and, that, and that version of Spider-Man, yeah. And, and then you have the combination of the good part of Eddie being beaten down by uh, Peter Parker and then the suit getting rejected. You have this awesome toxic marriage right there where yeah. they're just like, you know what? Fuck you. We're taking you out. Right. We're going to fuck with your life, etc. And I thought the effects on that movie were awesome. Uh, I would have just liked to have seen more of it, you know, like it was just tacked on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm cool with reinterpretations. I mean, just the way the, uh, the whole storyline was going anyways, it had already uh, strayed from the source material just a tad, you know? Right. And I'm like, cool. Well, let's see where you can go with this stuff. You know, these are reinterpretations. You don't, I don't want it to be faithful because I've read that book. Why do I want to watch that movie again? You know, right? You know how that story ends, like beat for beat. Right? It's like you you go and watch Sin City. I'm like, that looks cool. I know it's going to happen. You know, I'm not (laughs) I'm not surprised because I've read this book. Um, and and yeah, I thought the effects were cool on that one. He just, I know everybody has a certain idea, and and when I saw it, I was of the age of this needs to be perfect. You know, I want it to be exactly like how I envisioned it. Yada yada yada. Um, so my first reaction was the, I don't like it, but when I watched it again, I was all, this is cool is as part of this whole, right? I think just that particular movie, people got freaked out about the dance scene and that's what threw everybody off. But I honestly thought that part was cool, but I like musical numbers and everything I watch. So, you know, I'm on the, I'm I'm the outlier on that one. So, so so I I enjoyed it. That's, I mean, that's great. And I, I appreciate that take. What do you what do you hope is done differently with this 
Venom, the Venom that's going to be in this movie, the Tom Hardy Venom? Um, I, I want them to take their time. Venom himself. You don't think about Spider-Man. You don't think of him like in another context. You know, just Venom. So what is his story about? It's this Eddie Brock character who's down on his luck, and then this thing kind of takes him over. All right? Now, it, it's to the point where if you're dealing with any kind of grief personally, you know, just as a human, you have to make a choice at one point if you're going to let it consume you or you're going to let it or you're going to fight against it and improve. You know, like, I'm going to move past it. And it sounds like the suit is doing the same thing. Just from what I've seen, right. you know, just, I mean, it, it fell from, we don't know what context of how that suit got in there. Uh, but we know it's there, and if they have the same kind of rejection that the alien entity felt that happened before, you know, that's kind of how, where he gets his strength from, is just the anger, he's the dark side of the force, you know? Right. And if they, ha- and then you see him like be kind of consumed by that a little bit, that's where I think it's going to be fun, and just how that deals, you know, goes with him as a character if he can get out of it or not, and how he deals with it, and that's where I'm kind of curious to see where it goes because I don't know, like is it is he going to be a bad guy in this? Is he going to be a good guy? Like they said nothing. Right, right. I mean, I think. That's that's. I really think. I mean, I hope that you get that wish fulfillment within this movie because I think we all do. Because mm-hmm. you know, the, like you said, the one big problem with Spider-Man Three was that he was wedged in there. It was definitely an mm-hmm. afterthought. The Venom character, Raimi, never wanted to do in that film. He had always wanted to do the the Sandman plotline and then continue the Harry plotline. Uh, mm-hmm. But in this movie, it's just Tom Hardy. It's ve- like the whole thing should be about him. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about in a previous episode where Peter is going to make a cameo of some sort. We don't really know to what extent. But at the mm. same time, this is very much a Venom movie. Chris, mm. having seen that trailer and sort of hearing what I would argue is maybe Richard's optimistic um, perspective. Do your thoughts on the original on this teaser trailer, or do they shift a little, or do you still? I mean, do you, are you are you? Do you think that this is going to be a good thing moving forward, or or is there trouble in the water? No, I I think it's definitely going going to be a great thing. They have a lot of potential here. I mean, we always talk about the possibility of how cool would it be just to see the like a a really really well done villain kind of origin story. We kind of got that a little bit with Vulture well, in uh, Vulture, Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they keep getting better at doing it. So I think um, – I, I really hope that he's more the anti-hero archetype, uh, to be honest. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I kind of wanted to get, this no, get to know this character because I have secondhand knowledge of him at best. Um, <laughs> I think the, the image that comes to my head when I think of Venom is from Marvel vs. Capcom 2, and he's a goddamn oh, beast yeah. in that game. Uh, yeah, he's amazing. So Biting uh, people up, as, webbing them up. Yeah. <laughs> webbing them up uh, as long as they kind of keep the like this i don't know it's sort of like a jaws type of feeling like mm-hmm. they're not showing you the shark right yet. yeah mm-hmm. i agree this as long as i kind of keep that current that threat of the of the suit of the symbiote kind of <laughs> then i think that's going to be great i just really hope um that it's not that like uh there was rumors about uh about this before but i, I hope it's not like uh they don't try to shoehorn life into uh oh, this, yeah, this, yeah. this movie don't say anything about it i haven't seen that movie Oh, okay. oh, I mean, <laughs> that's one of the, sadly, that's one of the examples of the trailer kind of giving you two minutes 
uh, a, a synopsis of the movie. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, because that'd be kind of crazy. It is. I mean, Sony comes up first. It's, it's Sony's playground. They're doing what they want. Um, so wait, awesome, you're, you're saying like just you, to show the origin of the suit? That'd be the shit. So you're saying you yeah. don't want that connection? You do or don't? I, I kind of. You know what? That'd be awesome. I, I kind of do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I want it. I would want that because I think that would be so <laughs> clever. If right. and, and there's no way Sony's smart enough to have done this on purpose. But I mean, I mean, Feige listens to this podcast, man. They might. <laughs> if. If Sony had the foresight to make that movie life, which has like an alien symbiote sort of thing in it, um, and then that's a backdoor origin to the at least the suit part yes. of the Venom, like that would be amazing. That would be awesome. That would right. I would give them right. so much props for that. Who does who are in that scenario though? Who does Ryan Reynolds play? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I I didn't see life, so I don't know. Uh, he plays <laughs> Deadpool. <laughs> He, he plays Deadpool. Deadpool. He plays Deadpool. Deadpool. That's my. He's Deadpool's other brother. I don't know. He's um. <laughs> he's, he's Deadpool wearing a Green Lantern ring. He's shed. Yeah, yeah. He's Shedpool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, all right, Richard. Uh, well, we I really do appreciate your thoughts on this. Um, oh yeah. We'll we'll probably bring you on there's, again when the when the you know either another trailer comes out or maybe when the, after the movie comes out for the review episode. Yeah, there's something else to, th- to think about, mm-hmm. like just because, just things I'd like to see, like how you're talking about making right. it seem like Jaws. Mm. Have any of y'all ever seen Split Second with Rutger Hauer? I don't think so. But no, I don't believe I have. It's it's basically Rutger Hauer is this rugged old cop in the future kind of thing, and and they're trying to find what they think is a serial killer that's going around and ripping out the hearts of just random people. And every time he does it, he like writes something on the wall that's taunting Rutger Hauer's character. But they, they slowly fi- start to find out that this guy that he's doing it doesn't have – that he's not a human. And you see just bits and pieces of him, and he's just black. And oh. he's just got claws. And basically, you never really see him in like the entire you know, toe-to-ceiling mm-hmm. – sorry, toe-to-floor uh, view of him. But he looks like fucking Venom. And if they do anything similar to that, holy shit. Now, I know that they weren't using CG back in the day, right. uh, but if they did something like that, like if you do it like Jaws where you barely see the guy and make it a horror movie, oh, my God, that'd be awesome. So, <laughs> like, I, Yeah, I think that's it, a, a great point. And I'm in that camp as well. Like the more I think about it. You wonder, like, if Sony's going to have the nuance to do that. It seems like they will because of the way this trailer is. But again, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's more out of necessity because they haven't done the special effects yet. But I almost feel like they would want to, like, throw Venom in your face. Like, just, ah, here's Venom, here's Venom. Yeah, you'd expect Because he's such yeah. a popular character, right? But, like, I love the Jaws idea. I love mm-hmm. just, like, yeah. doing little bits and, like, you don't even get a full grasp of it. It's an alien symbiote, right? So yeah, something, so, something that's alien can be sort of mythical in a way for the audience. Yeah, there's a lot of weird shit going on in this trailer, too. Like, it looks like telekinetic powers almost. Right. Like a bunch of yeah, something gets around. tossed across. Yeah, I couldn't figure that out either. Even even when the cars, when he's on the motorcycle and the cars are, like, blowing. Flipping out yeah. of nowhere. Like, I'm like, he's not touching those. Like, what's happening there? Um <laughs> So a lot of a lot of unanswered questions, but we'll we'll definitely keep on top of it as as more information and more pictures and trailers get released. Uh, Richard, yeah. bef- before you go, I, I definitely wanted to to give you a chance to 
to talk about. I know you've got a few shows coming up. Now, we're not exactly sure on the release date uh, of this particular episode. It just kind of depends. But I know you've got a show coming up this week. And this is Valentine's Day, by the way, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy all, Valentine's Day. All you Reed and Sue Richards out there. Um, all you uh, <laughs> Gwen and Peters or Mary Jane and Peters, I guess. Or maybe all three. Who knows? Um, all, you, all you Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Oh, so dead. One of them is so dead. The other one is so old. Uh, Only makes it hot. <laughs> uh, but, Richard, I know uh, Rivers wants playing th- this weekend, right? Is it? On... Right on the Saturday, I guess that's what seventeenth mm-hmm. at uh, Imagine Books and Records with our friends Saint Dukes and Voodoo Boogaloo. That'll be fun. And then the next one after that is at the Paper Tiger with Young Mammals, Get a Life, and Processions, who are awesome. So that one should be fun. All right. So this is and this is more for our, our local San Antonio listeners. I know we have listeners yeah, yeah, everywhere, yeah. but for those in San well, Antonio. If you're yeah. outside of San Antonio and you want to listen to this stuff, some new music, riverswant.com or yeah, yeah, let them know. Let them know you. Or uh, Spotify. Are you on SoundCloud too, as well? Or yeah, yeah, everywhere. If you just go to Riverswant and put that into Google, usually everything that is us is there. Nobody else nice. has that. Put Riverswant in your Google sense. machines, everybody. The music is great, by the way. If you like, yeah, it's on uh, this show. It's it's on the show every episode. Uh, if you like something a little nerdier with a nerdier band, we did bring up Bitforce earlier. Um, they do yeah. some really great stuff. I love the songs. I mean, I love all their stuff, honestly. But uh, Richard, I love this stuff where you do the vocals on. So like you do the the Ducktales oh, yeah. theme, the Pokemon yeah. theme, the Transformers songs. Um, so check out Bitforce as well. That's B I T F O R C E. Um, all one word. We're actually going to try yeah. to get Joey on an episode later on. Uh, that'd be great. Yeah, um, yeah. But thank you so much for coming on to the show. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time coming, so I appreciate it. I hope the, I hope the comic movie gods do you a solid, Richard, and make <laughs> Venom super awesome. I know what it's like to have a favorite character come to life on screen and want it to be everything that that you've ever wanted. You know, so. it, they already have Tom Hardy. Uh, so honestly. <laughs> They've, they've already won me over because I'm like, oh, when I heard that they had Tom Hardy, I'm like, did I cast this movie myself? What the <laughs> fuck is going on? That's like, that's the perfect guy. <laughs> yeah. and, and we can and we can finally hear him. Like, he's not going to be behind a mask and in Batman or in Dunkirk, or, you know, behind right. a mustache and Bronson. I can hear his real voice. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Tom Hardy fan. And honestly, you can't name me a bad Tom Hardy movie. This is true. I think, so why would he? Why would he fuck up that street? That's true. I, I've heard. I've heard. So, I've heard. Legend is not that great. Haven't seen it though. Um, it's apparently a movie where he plays dual oh, bro- like like brothers. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I heard that. Was awesome. Twins. Yeah, twin, twin brothers. Uh, but okay. But but by and large, Tom Hardy can do no wrong. I, I agree with you Tom there. Tom Hardy can do no fucking. Wrong. And I'll throw this He's out there awesome. before we before we close this segment. Uh, not to gender this too much, but I have talked to a, a few different females about the Venom movie in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I said, what do y'all think? And they're like, Tom Hardy. Oof. Like, that's it. That's all they needed. Like, it doesn't matter. It. Did you hear my reaction? Was it not the same reaction? Yeah, it was the same reaction. <laughs> so, 
so Sony Sony did something right already off the bat, I think, with getting Tom Hardy in here. We haven't talked about Michelle Williams at all, who's also in the in the movie and in the trailer. She's uh, kind of in there with she a just, very Sia-ish haircut, is all just, I gotta say. Yeah, she just stands there, so there's not really much <laughs> to say. Hey, oh. I'm vacant. Oh. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't even... I don't v know. for I vacant! <laughs> oh, no. Nice. Oh, man. All right, well... Okay, well, that's going to close up this segment on the Venom trailer. Uh, but Catch Rivers Want at Paper Tiger on March 2nd, on February 17th at Imagine Books Records. Um, thanks so thanks. much for, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Right on. Thanks for having me, y'all. Shaboy! All right, and that was our th- uh, our thoughts on the Venom trailer. Really, again, <laughs> really happy to have Richard on. Uh, we'll... We'll probably have him on again uh, when when another trailer drops, or definitely when the movie uh, comes out. Real quick, before I forget, and this is uh, mm-hmm. real important, uh, or I mean, real important to us, <laughs> and hopefully to some of you listeners out there. We're actually we were uh, graciously enough invited to be part of the San Antonio Public Library PopCon, which is going to be March third. Uh, we're going to be part of a panel on podcasting. At 11 a.m. on March 3rd, at the uh, main library here in San, uh, in San Antonio, off uh, Soledad uh, Road, it's downtown, kind of you know near Broadway. Yeah, you can't um, miss it. If you if you're in San Antonio, it's the Enchilada Red building. It's the Enchilada Red building. Um, it's where all the books and movies are, <laughs> and they actually have a pretty cool little art gallery down there too. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be there as part of their uh, their PopCon. They're gonna have a lot of local artists like Freddie Lopez is going to be there. Uh, to, I mean, that's just one that's off the top of my head. But they're going to have um, events, uh, speakers, uh, uh, things for kids. Just just a whole celebration of fandoms and nerddom and comic books and, and, and all that stuff. So please feel free to join us. Uh, we'll be there. On again March third, eleven a.m. If you want to say hi before or after, feel free. We don't bite unless <laughs> you pay us. Unless you're um, into that. <laughs> um, and until then, until next time, the fortress of potitude is closed. So long, y'all. Stay super, everyone. Take care. 